Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Morning. morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning, sir. Good morning, and welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show. I suggest you stop jabbering. Like a monkey house on visitors' day. With Bob. Hello, my name is Bob. And Sherry. You thought I was a respectable woman with the soul of an adventurous. Whereas I'm really an adventurous, the soul of a respectable woman. And now from the police of Bob and Sherry Studios, it's Bob and Sherry. And we welcome you to the Bob and Sherry Show. If you were not with us yesterday, I think we did approximately six to ten breaks on Lamar's speeding in his car. So uh, we found out yesterday that over the course of his life, he has received approximately 24 actual speeding tickets. <laughs> but he's with us because, and not in prison because... Evidently, he knows a guy. So we'll just leave it at that. Max brought up a question, and the question was, how many speeding tickets in the same day? You know, that would be an unusual question for most people. But I... I used to I used to go down to Union, which is about thirty miles outside of Spartanburg, to uh, see the movies at a at a theater down there. And so I was coming back late one night, and uh, I'm driving down the road, and the speed limit's fifty five, and they're pretty pretty tough on that road. So I set the cruise for like sixty, okay, sixty. So. I got the cruise on. I'm going down the road. Uh, I got my Chick-fil-A cup. Got some, still got some ice and some tea left in it. And I'm just, you know, going down the road. So I meet the highway patrol on the other side of the median and he flips the blue lights on. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So I pull over in a lighted area. I roll down all my windows. I cut off the car. I put the interior light on. I put both my hands on the wheel so that when he drives up, he didn't have to be worried about anything. You know? he, <laughs> That's he, a man with experience with being pulled oh, over. I, oh, yeah. Really just, yes. Here's the, t- here, the best thing you can do. Roll your windows down. Put your hands on the wheel where he can see your hands and be very contrite. That's the best chance you got. Anything other than that, you're not, you don't have a chance. So he walks up and he said, how you doing? I said, I'm fine. And he said, uh, do you know why I stopped you? And I said, well, no, sir, I don't. He said, well, he said, you were speeding, and when I put the lights on, you swerved over the line. And I said, well, I said, I have my crew set on 60, and he said, what's the speed limit? And I said, well, it's 55. And he said, why would you put your crews on 60? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. 
Okay. <laughs> so I got a feeling. I see how this is going. Okay. I see how this is going to go. And uh, I said, no, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And he said, and I said, the swerving part, I said, when you flip the blue light on, it sort of startled me. I said, he says, have you been drinking? I said, no, sir. I said, and I handed him the cup. I said, it's a Chick-fil-A cup. It's got tea in it. Check it, you know, whatever. He goes, that won't be necessary. He said, let me see your driver's license and your registration, proof of insurance. So I give him the driver's license and proof of insurance. What He goes, proof of insurance is expired. I said, oh, man. I said, I, you know, I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, honestly, I said, I can call my insurance agent right now. You, This is his phone number. He, he goes, no, no, no. He said, when you come to court, he said, that's a $250 fine. But when you come to court, if you've got proof of insurance, you're okay. And I was okay. Then he goes and he checks the uh, wear and, on my tires. He checks my tire wear to see if my tires are slick. So basically, he writes me a ticket for speeding for crossing the yellow line, for not having uh, proof of insurance, and excessive tire wear. Four tickets. Mm. I get four tickets. Mm. I mean, this guy ain't, this mm. guy ain't playing. I said, okay. No. All right. I said, thank you very much. I appreciate it. He says, drive safe. Yes, sir. So I get out in the road. I set the cruise on 54, and I head up the road. Okay? So I'm going. It's no problem, no problem, no problem. So – there is a stretch of road that I didn't really realize. It's like a 300-yard stretch of road that belongs to the city of pa – it's a little town. It's a little town, but that stretch of road is in the city limits. Now, it doesn't tell you that, but the sign says drop your speed to 45. Nobody ever does that. I mean, you know, so I'm – and I had never seen that sign. And so I'm driving, and I see a, a highway patrol, and I pass him, and everything's great. I look back, the blue lights are on. I'm like, what is it now? So I pull over to the side of the road. I drop all the windows. I turn the light back on. I put my hands on the wheel. And the guy comes up, and he says, how you doing tonight? I said, not as good as you might think. I said, uh, <laughs> you know, and he goes, do you have any idea why I have pulled you over? And I reached over and had all four of them tickets laying in the seat. I reached over and I grabbed all their tickets in my hand and crumbled them up just enough to pick them up. And I said, maybe for the same reason that I got these last four tickets. I said, I tell you what we're going to do here. I'm going to jump out of the car and I'm going to take off running. I want you to pull your service revolver and shoot me because I would rather be <laughs> shot on the side of the road than to get another ticket tonight. And he started laughing and he said, if I, if I let you go, will you slow down? I said, brother, if you let me go, I'll lock the car and I'll walk back home. It ain't no problem for me. <laughs> so he did let me go. Wow. Four tickets. That's the most I've ever got. Four tickets. Four, <gasps> Four tickets. Four tickets. There you go. Yep. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is quite a story. It's like that, it's like that cop. That first cop was like out of the Dukes of Hazard, you know? Just a, <laughs> yeah. just a mean yeah. cop. Want to get something done. Thank you, Lamar. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. So we were just enjoying uh, Lamar's story, a true story, about what happened where he got, uh, what was it, three tickets, four tickets? Four, and four. Uh, four tickets. Four, four tickets four. in one day yeah. because the police officer was looking to, uh, there's something about Lamar he did not like. Everybody loves Lamar, but this this police <laughs> officer did not. He was checking the tire wear. He was checking everything and gave him all these tickets. 
I have a phobia about blue lights. I know nobody likes it. Everybody hates it. But like some people are afraid of snakes. Some people are afraid of bugs. I just cannot stand looking in the rearview mirror and seeing the blue light. And I don't speed very often. I really don't. I hate it so much. I have a plan for what I will do if I am pulled over. Would you like to hear the plan? And then I'd like you to tell me what do you think my odds are for getting out of the ticket with my plan? So the lights come on and let's say it's a 45 and I didn't realize it and I was going 60. And actually I was pulled for that once and the guy let me go. Um, So the lights come on. I'm, I'm pulled over. I put down the window. I get the, you know, my license and registration insurance and all of that. And he comes over and they always say the same thing. Uh, Do you know why I pulled you over? Do you know how fast you're going? And um, I would say, yes. And then he would say, sometimes, why were you speeding? And I am going to say, I had my favorite Elvis CD in, and I I guess I just got carried away listening to The King. And I even have a, a, a specific song that I would, that I would use, like Return to Sender. What well, was Mr. Lacey, what was the song you were listening to that made you go so fast? It was Return to Sender. It's one of my favorites. Do you know that one, Officer? Mm. I, I, I'm familiar with it. I'm familiar, but I, I don't understand yeah. why it would make you drive I just, fast. Well, I if mean, I were the, the cop, Bob, just, that you floated yeah. that with, I'd be like, well, sir, how do you feel about Jailhouse Rock? And I would write sure. you the <laughs> Um, I think I'm going to flip over to using Buck Owens. <laughs> <laughs> I got pulled, Lamar. Years ago, I was going uh, 45-ish in a 35, and cop pulled me over, and it was chaotic. Um, when I rolled the window down, the cop looked in. My car was filled from the back seat to the roof with giant purple balloons, and my daughter was sitting next to me with both arms in a cast, and the cop said, ma'am, do you know you were speeding? And I said, my child needs the bathroom, and she can't go just anywhere because she doesn't have use of her arms. And the cop said, all right, now you be careful getting home. I think he just looked (laughs) in that. That's a good policeman. I think he looked at at my kid who had tears rolling down her face and the balloons and the broken arms and my exhaustion (laughs) and thought, here's someone who shouldn't be speeding, but I understand. Kind of like, you know, it was wrong, but I understand. Yeah, He's thinking to himself, he's also thinking, looking at you and all this, this could turn violent really quickly. Let me let this lady go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did. I, I looked like I was auditioning for this season snapped. It was not pretty. <laughs> and of course, my younger daughter was in the car um, that was behind us when I got pulled, driven by my sister-in-law. And uh, when I walked in the door with the other daughter, took her to the bathroom, my little one was crying to my sister-in-law, Nancy, about who would be her mommy now that I was going to prison. <laughs> kids do that. <laughs> so kids, dramatic. Kids, if you do anything at all that's wrong, a kid, a kid will jump. Are you going to go to jail now, mommy? Are you going to go to jail, daddy? <laughs> oh, my kids, yeah. Anything, I couldn't, I couldn't jaywalk. 
without the two of them dividing my possessions because I was going down <laughs> 20 to life. It was just yeah. absolutely crazy. Morons in the news is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is sponsored by Every Plate. Skip the grocery store and save money with Every Plate. Here we go! It's Bob and Sherry. The craziest. Moronic. Asinine. With Morons in the News. This first story in Morons in the News is unlike any we've ever had. I'm just going to read it. It happened in Michigan at a Michigan Walmart. A woman stole a family's horse and Amish buggy while they were shopping in the Walmart. Mm. The, the, the family discovered the animal and buggy were missing after they finished their shopping at the Sturgis store and the police were called to the scene. A truck driver who was parked at the Walmart told police that a woman had stolen the buggy and gave officials a description of her. Police said that they knew that the woman was at the Walmart earlier. I don't know why. And they had an idea where she was. So later that night, they found the stolen horse and buggy parked at a nearby motel where the woman was residing. Um, it's a bad getaway vehicle. It's a worse vehicle <laughs> to try to disguise. And I would give anything to see if the horse and buggy fit into one of those parking places that even my car has trouble getting into at a motel. <laughs> can you imagine, seriously, can you imagine you're an Amish family, you're in the Walmart, which is probably an uncomfortable place for you to begin with, but you have to get something. And you and your family walk out and you're holding your stuff and your horse and buggy is gone. Can you imagine what an awful feeling that would be? I want to imagine what it's like to be inside the head of someone who goes, yeah, I'm stealing that horse and buggy. Like, that's not the most conspicuous thing. To try to the long-range plan. The long-range yeah, plan. was right. That was an immediate. That was an immediate. We didn't think five seconds down the road. Okay. Yeah, Hiding the Wienermobile would be easier than that. Yeah. No kidding. Lamar? Seriously. No kidding. <clears throat> A man named last name Verma sent a message before he departed Gatwick Airport that read, On my way to blow up the plane, I'm a member of the Taliban. Mr. Verma told a Madrid court that the intention was never to cause public distress or to cause public harm. If found guilty, the university student faces a hefty bill for expenses after two Spanish Air Force jets were scrambled. The message triggered alarm bells after being picked up via the Gatewick's Wi-Fi network. Shortly after, two Spanish F-18 fighter jets were sent to flank the aircraft. One jet followed the plane until it landed at Merokia, where the plane was scheduled uh, was searched ex- extensively. Mr. Vermer was arrested. He was kept in a police cell for two days and was later released on bail. Uh, Back in the U.K., he was questioned by the British intelligence agencies MI5 and MI6 before he returned home. Uh, Mr. Verma said the message was a joke in a private group setting. It was just sent to my friends, Mr. Verma said. Since school, it's been a joke because of my features. It was just to make people laugh. Mr. Verma is not facing terrorism charges or a possible jail term, but... 
can be fined up to $21,000. And if he's found mm-hmm. guilty, he mm-hmm. is going to have to pay the Spanish Defense Ministry $103,000 in expenses. Woo! Putting them Whoa. jets in the air ain't free. It's it not free. Cheap. Yeah, that's yep. right. Mm-hmm. Think before you text, my friend. Think before you text. All right, uh, folks. In case you wonder that sometimes maybe, I don't know, humanity is getting too smart for its own good, don't worry. The food ministry of the country of South Korea has issued an urgent warning asking people to not eat deep-fried toothpicks. What? (laughs) Are they battering them first? I mean... (laughs) They are, actually, yeah. Now, in in South Korea, they make toothpicks out of um, cornstarch or sweet potato, so technically they're edible, and if you fry them up, they kind of look like pale green uh, curly fries. And if you fry the toothpicks up and you maybe top it with a little bit of, I don't know, garlic salt or whatever, um, people on TikTok are like, these are crunchy and delicious. Um, and these are environmentally friendly toothpicks, Bob, so you would appreciate them. And they just dye them green with food coloring. You know, to make them kind of pop out. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, now they're they're also they also use an ingredient called sorbitol, which is very very harmless in small amounts. But if you ate a lot of it, it can give you vomiting and diarrhea and all sorts of stuff. Um, and children in South Korea are now asking for deep fried toothpicks as a snack. <laughs> so yes, the government has asked people to please not deep fry and eat toothpicks. And they really wanted to share the message widely because they are aware that in a lot of places, toothpicks are made of wood. And no matter how long you deep fry them, and I know, Lamar, you think anything can be fried. No matter how long you deep fry a piece of wood, it doesn't turn it into food. (laughs) And that's where we are, people, as a species, that we have to tell each other, hey, Jim Bob, you can't eat them toothpicks, my friend. <laughs> that is morons in the news. We got Bob and Sherry's small plates coming up for you. And the comedian, Quindale. And happy leap year, everybody. It's the first day of February. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. Local officials in Bainbridge, Georgia, a rural outpost 20 miles north of the Florida Panhandle, recently approved a startup's plan to build one of the largest monkey breeding facilities in the nation. At its capacity, the $396 million complex would hold 30,000 monkeys, double the city's population. It's unreal, said one of the residents, 77, who owns a property that lines the border site for the 200-acre facility. Our world is upside down. Safer Human Medicine, the company behind the project, says the long-tailed macaws will be a will be bred and sold to pharmaceutical companies and universities and laboratories for medical research. The company hopes to finish construction and welcome its first monkeys later this year. The monkeys, because of their similarities to human, have been essential to research for a wide range of diseases and infections, but getting enough monkeys has become difficult. Most historically came from China, which stopped the import of monkeys to the U.S. in 2020. In Georgia, an expanding group of locals and animal rights activists are set on stopping the monkey breeding plant. 
It's like putting a nuclear plant in our backyard, said 65-year-old James Chestnut, a retired clay miner who lives less than a mile from the proposed building site. Think about this thing. What's it going to smell like? Homes and businesses around town have been fitted with signs saying, Stop the monkey farm! Stop the monkey farm! <laughs> Residents who spoke with USA Today say their property values will plummet. They fear the monkeys might spread diseases, and in the case of a major hurricane or a tarno- tornado, they could escape. They're concerned that the facility's waste may damage the environment, especially the nearby Flint River. That river is a prized local jewel. Residents swim and nationally recognized fishing competitions are held. It's also the city's largest attraction. Not anymore, boys. You're getting the monkey farm. <laughs> Everybody's coming to see the monkey farm. Hey, I Lamar. You, I, agree. I agree with the people there. I'm so thankful. Yeah that the monkey farm is coming now because something tells me that an 11 year old Lamar with access to a Georgia monkey farm, there would have been hijinks that would not have ended well for your family. That's probably true. Don't forget monkey farm in Georgia. This is Bob and Sherry. Small plates is sponsored by O'Reilly auto parts, your professional parts people. It is time now for Bob and Sherry's Small Plates. Variety Magazine is a show business magazine. It's been around forever, and it's reputable. I mean, they really do some investigative reporting and some some interesting pieces, and they released the top 10 greatest television shows of all time. Let's see if you agree with the writers from Variety Magazine. Coming in at number 10, Roots, the miniseries way back then. Number nine, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, which in many ways was groundbreaking. Number eight, Seinfeld. Yes, I think it deserves to be there, maybe a little higher. Number seven, The Wire. Number six, Sex and the City. And now we are into the top five television shows of all time, according to the editors of Variety Magazine. Number five is... Sherry's favorite, Breaking Bad. And uh, Max loves yes. it too, Breaking Bad. Should have been higher, Number should have been higher. Should have been higher, all right. Number four, The Simpsons. And I think, the Sim- is The Simpsons the longest running uh, television comedy of all time now? I think it may be. Number three, my favorite, I, w- I would have it higher too, The Sopranos is number three, celebrating their 25th anniversary. The number two greatest television show of all time according to the uh, editors of Variety Magazine, is Mad Men. Mad Men. And number one... That's hard to argue. Honestly, that was a a masterpiece. Yeah, it it really was. And coming in at number one, I don't even have to say the name of it. Here is the theme song. Yes. I love Lucy. I Love Lucy is, according to this, the greatest television show of all time. Do you think they got it right? She developed um, so many different things. She she changed television. She changed it. She started yeah, using multiple cameras. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she set the she set the tone. She did. She, she was a genius. Yeah. She was a yeah. genius. I, and I. He, Here's a little fun fact about I Love Lucy. So she, Lucy and Desi were married to each other on the show and in real life. And right. when Lucy got pregnant, 
It was considered so gross and unseemly to have a pregnant woman on television, even right. though he was her right. real life husband and that was their actual baby, that yeah. they, they had to find all these ways to conceal that pregnancy. But I that know, was, was also ridiculous. all by itself so groundbreaking. Yeah, very, very true. All right, next plate. Uh, a lot of y'all are going to like this. New Jersey, a shelter in New Jersey, will let you name a feral cat after your ex, and then they will neuter it. A South Jersey animal <laughs> shelter is offering a chance for you to name the cat after your ex, and then right away they will neuter it. It costs $50 to get the name, and um, the tagline is, some things just shouldn't breed. So you would you would call up. It's a Valentine's Day thing. You would call up, and you would say, yeah, I'd li- I'm sending you the $50. Mm-hmm. Paul. Paul. Call the cat Paul. It's a female cat. I don't care. Call the cat Paul. I think that's a great idea. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I like it because way- it'll, get, it'll get a lot yeah. of... Um, Pets spayed and neutered. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's kind of funny. Um, How to help dogs deal with depression. Dogs suffer from depression just like humans, and we don't think about that very much. And how do you do it? How do you get them out of depression? They, some of the signs are reduced activity levels and a reduced desire to play with you, clinginess or social withdrawal, a loss or change in appetite, excessive licking for comfort and uncharacteristic whining or hollow or hollowing some ways you can help the pup feel better get a predictable routine bond with them often make dinner time exciting oh dinner is ready are you ready finn i do that all the time and help with their grooming if your dog stays depressed for too long too many too many periods then uh, take them to the vet so there you go once again, call New Jersey if you've got that X you're not too excited about. This is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry, live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. You know, money talks, and Taylor Swift is certainly not the problem for the NFL. The pop megastar has been this big financial boon for the NFL and for the Kansas City Chiefs, all because of the romance with the star tight end, Travis Kelsey. Uh, Front Office Sports recently reported that Swift has created a brand value of $331.5 million for the Chiefs and the NFL, and uh, all this comes from data from the Apex Marketing Group. The data accounted for print, digital, radio, television, highlights, and social media. Monitoring Swift since she attended her first Chiefs game on September the 24th, and they've done this all the way through uh, January the 22nd. And it's calculated that each occurrence, all of these are based on the reach and the impact. Now, in October, when the Swift-Kelsey romance became a national sensation, uh, as the couple was photographed, it generated $166 million just on that date night. The Cruel Summer Singer also helped the NFL produce its highest regular season female viewership since it started collecting that data in 2000. 
and the top regular season mark in the 18 to 34 demographic since 2019. Female viewership rose 9% from last season to this season. It's way higher than the uh, male viewership rose. Uh, and, and, and the whole merchandise thing. That's Kelsey what I'm wondering. Gear, yeah. yeah. Kelsey Gear had a 400% increase. He and he became a top five selling jersey after Swift attended her first Chiefs game. Let me let me jump in what? here and ask, and because I think uh, Max may know, do the players get a piece of that action, or is that strictly a team thing? If your name is on the jersey, um, I don't know the answer to that. Is the is the short answer? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I wonder. I'm sure the NFL would, gets the biggest cut. You, well, yeah, yeah. Sure but I wonder the if the players they should they should anyway continue. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you would have to you, you'd have to get something. Now, one yeah. of the things that the NFL was dying for was for her to jump in at halftime. That they wanted that so so bad, and they offered her tons of money. But her first point was, I've got a tour in Japan. There's no way for this to work out. But second of all, she wants to support him, be with the family, and, and just come to the game. And, you know, I don't know how much money they're, they're trying. I don't know how many millions they offered. But really and truly, the you're not going to be able to buy her out. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's never going to be for the money. And I think Let the situation you, here, Lamar, she'd rather be a fan. They've been, they've been after her for the Super Bowl halftime for probably more than a decade. Forever, yeah. She's just not going to yeah. do it. Yeah, she's not going to do it. She yeah. is so and smart. She is so it, smart not to do that. And here's and here's why she's smart. There is some blowback, and she's aware of it, that there's too much attention on the pop star. She's she's fine. The, the Obviously, she's making all this money and bringing in new viewers. I think she says to herself, I have plenty of money. I have plenty of attention. That is one step over the line. And the focus will be on me and not the game. And that will really tick off a certain amount of people. She's too smart to put herself in the firing line. Listen, she don't have to do the halftime show for people to tune in. She's going to be at the game. She's going to be doing the same thing she's been doing the whole time is cheering for her man. She's got the best of both worlds. She's going to be tired when she's at that game because she has to perform a bunch of shows over in season. I, I think it's in oh, Japan. Tokyo. And then she has to yeah, just take it's, the yeah, flight Tokyo. to go back to Las Vegas. So that's going to be – it's going to be a lot because you're going to be exhausted after all that performing. Plus you're that's, going to be on a – Listen, it's, that's going to be about 13 hours. That's a 13-hour flight. I don't care what you do. I've done it. That's, that's a long flight. That's a long flight. Mm-hmm. So she's probably not flying coach though. She's probably that's she, what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, she's not. She has her own private plane. Yeah. She bought double the amount of carbon offsets for all the people that are yeah, just looking right. for that's reasons, right. looking for reasons to hate. She does not want the cameras on her at the football game. This, this of all the stupid things that this country has gotten its shorts stuffed up its crack over. Taylor Swift supporting Travis Kelsey is on the short list of the dumbest in the dumbest. And by the way, of course the NFL is all about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey because she's brought people to football that were never coming to football any other way. And one of my favorite 
things on social media right now. I see it a lot on Instagram and a lot on X. And that is the dads who are watching football with their daughters. Dads who could never get their kids to watch football with them. I saw the cutest... I saw the cutest video of two little girls jumping up and down when the Chiefs scored and high-fiving their dad. They were so excited. You think that dad wasn't having the best day ever watching that football game with his little girls? Come on. That's sweet. That is so sweet. People, the world's on fire. Like, everything is terrible. What do you got to be knotted up about this for? Just enjoy it. Or just not, don't pay attention to it. You, that's an yeah. option, yeah. too. True. Like, right. for example, I think Cheese Whiz is completely disgusting, so I just don't pay any attention to it. <laughs> Boom. Problem solved. <laughs> Comedian Quinn Dale straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Kohl's. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com today. It is time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Quinn Dale. People always come up to me after the show and they're like, do you really have a Mexican wife? Like it's a wild animal. <laughs> yeah, I trapped it. <laughs> With a tortilla and some chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> Always a white person asking, it's Teresa. Okay. <laughs> I know, I, I wrote the joke. <laughs> but yeah, her first language is Spanish. Her first language is Spanish, so she still has trouble pronouncing my name sometimes. Like, my name is Quinn Dale, but she pronounces it uh, Pinchy Hotta. <laughs> Can you hear the difference? <laughs> she's, uh, she's from the hood, man. She's from East LA, so she's a lot tougher than me, right? Like one night at the bar, some drunk guy smacked her on the backside. So I was like, hey, you want to step outside? He was like, yeah. I was like, well, she'll be waiting for you. <laughs> So like, she's from the hood, but now we live up in the mountains, so the only real danger we have is bears, and they're more afraid of us than we are of them. Like one time my mother-in-law saw a bear, and it just took off running. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, right? This 300-pound beast scared a bear. <laughs> Very Mexican, you know, big Mexican family. We went on that website, Ancestry.com, traced her family back five generations, all the way back to 1986. <laughs> <laughs> 
Quinn. Hey, Quinn, isn't it a little risky <laughs> to, tell, to tell jokes about Mexicans? Yeah, it is. All right. I've gotten death threats. I've had knives pulled on me. I've been followed home from a show. But you know what? That's just how my wife is. I can't. <laughs> She's a little sensitive about being Mexican. Like, I can't ask certain questions around the house. Like, hey, babe, have you seen my wallet? <laughs> She'll be like, seriously, Quinn? I'm like, I'm not saying you stole it. I'm just asking if you would do the right thing and return it. Like, is her mother nosy? I don't know if that's a thing because my, my wife's... Oh, yeah, really? My wife's mother is super nosy. When I first met her, she was like, ah, you're not having sex with my daughter, are you? I was like, uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> Can you shut the door? <laughs> Can't really concentrate when you're staring at me like that. Guadalupe. Guadalupe. Her names are very Mexican. I couldn't remember all their names, right? My wife was like, okay, these are my sisters. Maria, Felicia, Josefina, Irma Guita, Lucrencia, Guadalupita. Okay, that's one sister. Mexican names, man. She actually has a brother named Jesus, no. who ironically, who ironically spent eight and a half years in prison. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, one time some Jehovah's Witnesses came over to her parents' house, and her mother uh, thought they were cops because they were wearing suits and everything. <laughs> they were like, we just wanted to ask you, have you found Jesus? She was like, oh my God, what has he done now? <laughs> Quindale. <laughs> I think Lamar enjoyed it. <laughs> I have not heard a mother. I have not heard a mother-in-law joke in so long, and I've got to give him this, Lamar. It was it was an original mother-in-law joke for sure. I could see it coming. I could see it coming from a mile away, but it still was awesome. Oh, I thought he was great. I thought he was great. We will post that up at. B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Click the menu tab. Look for Everyone Needs a Laugh. It's Bob and Sherry. Happy Hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Well, my old computer that I use uh, was just terrible. It was breaking down. I needed a new one. And Sherry, of course, knows a lot about these things. And she said, you need a new ThinkPad. And so the ThinkPad computer showed up, and it's very sleek looking and very cool. It's all black. And she just told me that it's actually the rebranding of IBM, which I did not know. I had just read something about IBM. That used to be the model for people that would come out of college that wanted to go into business. 
You go to work yeah. for IBM and you start low and then maybe you work your way up to middle management. And if you're very good and very lucky, you get up to higher management and then uh, the highest and then you retire. Right. And you spend your whole life working uh, for the same company in the same business with a very formal structure. I just read in the Times that young people who are coming out of school do not want that. About a third of them do not want that, even if it's more money. They would rather work in an area where they're not a manager. A third of college graduates are saying, I'm going into business. I've studied business, but I don't want to be somebody's manager. I don't want to manage somebody. I want to make contributions to whatever the company may be, whether it's IBM or aerospace or whatever it might be. But they don't want to manage people. And you know what? I get that. That was something I never, I just never wanted to do. I never knew why, but I really never wanted to tell anybody what to do. What do you think about that? I'm with you. I think there are some people from that from childhood want that job. We've known people like that. Mm-hmm. They, they just want to be in charge of some people. And then yeah, there are people right. like you who are like, I don't want to be in charge of anyone, nor do I want anyone in charge of me. I'm barely in charge of myself. Is it lunchtime yet? And I think you're the happier. Well, you could have left off the of last the part of it. <laughs> you're the happier of the two. You could have yeah, left true. off the last part of it. I'm barely in charge of myself, <laughs> and I just want to eat. I mean, I was with you, you know, up to that. But anyway, uh, that's what that's what people are thinking right now, and I get it. It's Bob and Sherry. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. We would love to hear from you and put you on the Bob and Sherry Show if you have something you'd like to comment on, maybe something that you heard on the show or something going on in your life. Call 844-52-SHERRY or get the Bob and Sherry app wherever you get your apps. See the little microphone there, hit it, record, and here we go. Uh, I was calling because I was just listening to you guys talk about how Kentucky is sending out a beam. Um, so we've got the lady who's willing to ride, drive, and she's like a five-star I'm a mom of four special needs kids, okay? I need a vacation. I need a break. Sherry, what say you and I, we go with this woman. I know it sounds crazy. We don't know her. You don't know me. It'll be a whole thing. <laughs> um, but we can, we can always bring my four special needs kids with us. My children often talk about society like they are little aliens watching it from the outside, um, in fact, my daughter's favorite thing is to say that she is from Watamahuvia and she's been sent here <laughs> to analyze human activity and social interaction. You know, and that's just real common with autism. So the kids wouldn't be offended. They'd, they'd have a blast. People would think we brought aliens. Okay. <laughs> and so we might get a little publicity. Of, you know, that could do wonders for your show. Um, it, it, it would be nice just to... Um, you know, if they paid me a little bit because I brought the aliens to town, I could then take the aliens and myself for a Disney vacation. Um, so, you know, I don't I don't see a lose here. And five star Sharon, we could give her a five star rating for the ride out. You you let me know what you think, because I'm ready to go somewhere, anywhere. I, I don't Girl, care if it's just to look you at the are. blue grass um, and the horses. Like, that would be good. 
Y'all, this is, I think, this is what we I mean when we aliens say- aliens would be the only thing that could truly help the Bob and Sherry show, uh, the discovery of aliens. Even that, I can't, I mean, I can't get you paid. Yeah, <laughs> Let's be right, real. Right. But um, this is what we mean when we say sometimes a mom just needs a break. A mom. Yeah. This is a mom who's like, hi, I don't know her. You don't know me. I don't know you. Let's get in a car together and just go somewhere, please. I just need to go somewhere, girl. Mm-hmm. So relatable. Mm-hmm. All right, Max, what's our next one? Hey, guys, this is Stacy calling from Raleigh. Um, I was listening to the podcast and you guys mentioned the wearing your shoes indoors thing again. And I had a couple thoughts. Uh, first is I have ADD. So if I come home and take off my shoes, it signals to my brain that we are done accomplishing things. There will be no dinner cooked. There will be no laundry started. There will be no phone calls returned. Um, and I'm not the only one. If you have ADD or ADHD, this is a thing. Uh, not with everybody, but with a lot of people. And the other thing is, as an adult, I don't spend a lot of time licking my shoes or my floor. So... <laughs> I'm just going to keep wearing my shoes indoors. Uh, and I hope you guys have a great day. Bye-bye. Um, yeah. Listen, that business about if I take my shoes off, nothing else gets done. Mm-hmm. I so relate to that. Now, mm-hmm. I don't have ADHD, but there are a couple of things that if I do them, we're done for the day. Mm-hmm. Like if I go sit on the couch in the living room, that's it. Mm-hmm. We're done for the day. Nothing that no one will eat, including the pets. Like if I sit down there, done for the day. Do you not have something like that? I have something that's very strange. It's sort of like that. I can get things done if my wife is in the house and she's watching TV or whatever. I, you know, I do the dishes and all of that. But if it's a project, I've realized that I don't really commit to the project. I can't really concentrate on the project unless she will go away with her daughter or her friends for a day or two, then I can totally, totally focus on putting in new trees in the back or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. And it's not like she's saying, Bob, Bob, come in. I need you. If you know what I mean, it's not, you know, it's, it's nothing like that. It's just, I feel like you're neglecting her. Do you feel like you're neglecting her? A little bit. Uh, Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. And sometimes about, she'll come um, up, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing it that way? You know, you know, if you did it this way, you know, if I'm alone, there's none of that. Oh, listen, if Kevin goes out of town, um, I'm not doing projects. That is my cue to hit ancient aliens and some pasta. <laughs> that is all I'm doing when that man goes out of town. Ain't no projects getting done unless the project involves ancient aliens and some spaghetti. How about you, Lamar? I would bob on this. I, 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 there's always a list of stuff. I'm supposed to yeah. be doing. If Carla's right. going to be gone, the initiative that I have to get this done so that it's off of my list and she gets back and she goes, oh my gosh, you know, because what I really yeah. love is she gets back and she tells me I need to do so-and-so and I don't say anything. And then she realizes, oh, wait, you did it. Oh, you, you know what I'm saying? I, I work yeah, a whole yeah. lot better. I'm like Bob. I, work, I do a whole lot better by myself, by myself. Yep. Because if I'm doing it wrong, I don't know it. Okay? If I'm doing it wrong, I don't know it. There's nobody here to tell me there's a better way or there's another way. Exactly. Or that's not the way they would do it. Okay? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. I think that's a big part of it. I do. Yep. I don't understand your women folk. I don't. If Kevin's outside (laughs) doing a project, the last thing I want to do is manage it. Um, Take your time. Take your time. 
Take your time. The unexplained is on with William Shatner. I'm good. <laughs> it's Bob it's and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate. Happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. You know a teacher who deserves a vacation? Nominate them at bobandsherry.com, and they could win a trip for two to Margaritaville Beach Resort in Fort Myers Beach, Florida from Visit Florida. That's bobandsherry.com. They may have found Amelia Earhart's wrecked plane at the bottom of the Pacific. Tony Romeo, he's a pilot and a former U.S. intelligence officer. So I feel like despite the fact that his name is Tony Romeo, he has big credibility. What do you think? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a he's got a, a big history of aviation. He's got two brothers that are both pilots. And, you know, people have spent tons and tons and tons of money looking for her plane. But him and his brothers, they've hooked up with some people and then they've got they spent like, I don't know, like eleven million dollars to get the right equipment to hunt this down. And he he he's got like this. Uh, water drone or whatever. And I guess it just does gridlock like back and forth, back and forth looking, you know, for the plane. And he feels like he may have found it. Um, they, they, they found a, uh, an image that looks, it's the same shape. It's the same size as what it, uh, it is, but they don't know. And they can't know until they go down to find it. And they've already went past that point. So they've got to turn around and do another mission to go back and look for it. But he, he has just been obsessed with this forever and ever. And he sold a tiny, I guess he was a big real estate guy. And he sold a bunch of properties yeah. to get the money together to do this. Cause he said, you know, he said, she's the first woman to fly solo nonstop across the continent of the United States and Atlantic ocean as well. The first person to fly alone, uh, from the Pacific, from Hawaii to the mainland. And his big deal is for her to go missing in the term we could understand It'd be like if Taylor Swift disappeared today. If Taylor Swift disappeared today, people would be like, oh, my God. That's what it was like back then. She was that popular and that well-known. I've read a handful that's of books. To say. Yeah, I've read a handful of books about Amelia Earhart, and it was, uh, it was some kind of career, and she was some kind of adventurous, you know? What I always yeah. think about with Amelia Earhart's plane and frankly, the remains of Amelia Earhart and her navigator, Fred Noonan, we, we act surprised that we can't find Amelia Earhart's plane. We have explored about a thumbnails worth of the world's oceans. (laughs) She could have been in it. Yes. Yeah. We don't like when, when anytime someone says to me, Oh, well, you believe that there may be intelligent life in space. I'm from the show me state. First of all, no, you're not Dave. You're from New Jersey, but also (laughs) we can't find Amelia Earhart's plane. So let's not get too cocky about what we think we know about the universe. Right. We can't (laughs) find this. And and we know sort of the area because what they did was they took her flight plan. They took her uh, amount of fuel, what fuel she would have burned when they lost contact with her. And, you know, they got a general area. Uh, the thing that they put in there, uh, the, it's an unmanned submersible, and it scanned 5,200 square miles of ocean. And it took it about a month to do that. And that's where it got the blur, uh, blurry image. It's about 5,000 meters down. 
and uh, they're going to take a good look at it. And I, I've looked it at is, the images. Gosh, they they are the shape of a plane. Yeah. And, and I guess that could be. I mean, I guess a lot of things could look like an airplane on sonar. So, and and this wouldn't be the first time that we thought we found something and we're really disappointed. Yeah. Do you remember? And this wasn't that long ago. I think it was twenty. I want to say 2018, they found bones on this island in the remote Pacific Ocean. And the bones had been oh. found in 1940, and but nobody had really looked at them in a long time. So in 2018, they found these bones, I guess, in a box in the basement somewhere. And it turns out that um, they were able to test the remains. The bones themselves vanished. So what little bits were left in the box um, they said, oh, this, these bones would have been female and it would have been similar if, if they were Amelia Earhart's in size and, and age and everything. But that, that's not enough for people to hang on to. That's no. too, that's too vague. If they can find, if this is the plane, I mean, you want to talk about an, a mystery being solved. That's wild. Well, if it is wild. the plane, wouldn't they still be in it, strapped in it? I think Not after this time, I think after this time, I think it's kind of like, why aren't there bodies, the bones on the Titanic? I think after a period of time, they degrade when they're underwater uh, but, like that. But wait, wait, wasn't there like some really good reason to believe that Amelia and Fred survived? Yeah, that? there has been. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there, there were some like um, eyewitnesses who reported seeing like during, I guess, Native Islanders or people indigenous to the area, didn't they report seeing um, two people that could have been Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan? Max, haven't little bits and pieces and things been found that are believed to have belonged to Amelia Earhart? Right. Every few years, it seems like there is something that's found, that, that comes out about this. So, okay, well, let's just say the plane went down and they survived. Well, where did they go then? Well, they would have been stuck, right? I mean, I guess. Because the Wi-Fi there probably was awful. They would have been stuck, and maybe maybe they were, you know, very badly injured. Like, we may never know. We may never know. Nope. Just like D.B. Cooper. You guys, we may never, ever know who D.B. Cooper was. Speaking of that, they say that they think they have gotten some DNA from the necktie on D.B. Cooper. That's that's the latest. Story, I haven't, yeah. but I haven't heard what that, you know. Wow. I some mysteries may not be solved. Let's cross our fingers and see what happens with this airplane when they get down there. Yep. It's Bob yep. and Sherry. Can you believe this is sponsored by BritBox? Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe. This. It's Bob and Cherry's. I believe this. So happy leap year. Today's the first day of February. And that means that if you're a leap baby, you were born on February 29th. Every four years, you get to have your birthday on your actual birthday. I don't personally know any leap babies, but I've always thought that would be a super cool thing to be, to be a person born in a leap year. Yeah. yeah. So why do we have leap years? It turns out that the time it takes for the Earth to get all the way around the sun is not like a whole number. So we have 365 days in the year. 
but it uh-huh. actually takes 365.2422 days to get around the sun. And oh. we've got that little bit of extra day and it adds up and it adds up and it adds up. Um, and it'll, and because we do it this way, it means the seasons come when they're supposed to, you know, um, fall begins when the leaves start <clears throat> changing color, spring begins when the new shoots start shooting up. But if we didn't do that, the seasons would be completely out of whack. And that's mm-hmm. why leap years exist. We have to add point zero point two four two two days. And when you add it up over four years, that equals, guess what? One whole day. Isn't that awesome? That is. So, yeah, I never knew that. Yeah. 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 So cool. every four years, we, we fix that one day. The other calendars, like the Chinese calendar, have their version of leap day, but it doesn't happen every four uh-huh. years the uh-huh. way that our leap years do. But if you're a leap birthday person, did you know that being born on February 29th is the rarest birthday that anybody can have. That is, is that the right? rarest one. And this February 29th, about 5 million people will celebrate their birthday. That's not very many when you think about how many people there are in the world. That's how rare it is. And there are tons of superstitions about leap years. So, like, there's one tradition um, that goes back to Ireland that says that in leap year, um, a woman can be the person who proposes to a man. That's super yeah. old fashioned now because. Yeah, yeah. Right. Who's even right. paying attention to any of that? Um, there was a law passed by the Queen, Queen Margaret of Scotland in 1288. And if a man refused a leap day proposal from a woman he would get fined. (laughs) Like it was a big deal for a man to turn that down. And the same thing in Denmark and Finland, if a woman proposed to you on leap day, you, you could say no, but you would pay, you would get fined. So in the olden times in Denmark, you would have to give the woman whose proposal you turned down 12 pairs of gloves. Do you know why that was? Because it was considered so like terrible and scandalous and sad that this woman didn't have a wedding ring, that she needed to wear a fresh pair of gloves every month to hide the shame. No, rejecting her. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we're horrible as a species. Why do we do this craziness? Oh my word, um, that is hysterical. Um, so in Germany, there's this tradition, like if you're a boy and you have a crush, you're just so, so you're just crushing, um, on April 30th, which is the eve of May day, you get a birch tree and you decorate it with ribbons and you put it on the doorstep of the home where your crush lives. And then kind of like a Valentine sort of, you know, she opens the door and there's this little tree all decorated and, Oh, Hans loves me. But right. in leap year, uh, girls are allowed to do the same thing for boys in Germany. We have some, I mean, don't these sound like antique old traditions? But antique. here's one. Here's one out of yeah. Greece. Be careful about getting married in a leap year because the Greek superstition is 
that marriages that take place in a leap year end in divorce. And in Scotland, um, it's considered bad luck to be born on leap day. And um, if it's a leap year, it's, con it's believed that it'll be a colder winter, which so far has been true in most of the United States, hasn't yes. it? When you think well, at least it. the at least if you're uh, getting married on uh, a leap day, uh, you have an excuse for forgetting your anniversary. I think that's you the only one have to remember. Positive. Yeah, every yeah. four years. Every four years. So right. go ahead and try that, are, boys. Go ahead and try that. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you're a person with a leap day birthday, congratulations mm -hmm. on having one of well the rarest birthday that anybody can have. It's yes. Bob and Sherry. Happy Hour, tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Yep, it's raining iguanas. Yes, you heard me right. Falling iguanas are in the forecast once again in Florida. And here's why. The weather guy says, we have a pretty sizable iguana population from Sanibel to Cape Coral to Naples. Locally, these lows will dip into the 40s, wind chills into the 30s by sunrise. Uh, the Florida uh, weather stations have issued an unofficial falling iguana advisory to <laughs> warn the residents of the threat of severe cold and advise that the lizards they may find on the ground are usually temporarily immobilized. They are not dead. Iguanas are cold-blooded. They slow down or become immobile when temps drop into the 40s. They may fall from the trees, but they're not <laughs> dead, the Weather Service says. During a similar cold snap, during an iguana warning five years ago, well-meaning residents finding stiffened iguanas were advised to leave them alone because they may feel threatened and bite once they warm up. Iguanas are an invasive species in Florida, and they're known for eating through the landscaping, digging burrows that undermine infrastructure. They're not really good for the environment. But falling iguanas can actually cause bodily harm to humans and pets and damage personal property. We also highly advise not bringing iguanas inside to warm them up if you find them non-responsive. Because when they do wake up, it becomes a nightmare in your home. They're going <laughs> yeah. everywhere. They're eating your cat. I mean, they're doing everything you don't want them to do. So when you're right. walking along, if the iguana doesn't hit you in the head, just keep moving. It's going to wake up eventually. Do not take the iguana in the house. That's all I'm saying. But right. right. now somebody's right. going to do it. You know somebody's going to do it. Well, but let me just say to wrap this up, thank God there's nothing else crazy going on in Florida. True. <laughs> so true. Ever. <laughs> this is Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry archive vault all right so i'm trying to think how old i was how old are you in fifth grade fourth or fifth grade uh, 10 or 11 yeah, yeah so we were living in in wyoming and it was the winter time and my papa my father's father had come out to spend a couple of months with us out there and he was uh navy he was a navy officer and a pilot and just, you know, like the most wonderful man in the history of my family. And while he was out in Wyoming with us, he really immersed himself. He wanted to ride horses and go hunting and fishing. Mm -hmm. And if you've never had a chance to go snowmobiling, it is a blast. It is. Snowmobiling is like a combination between jet skiing and motorcycling. And you can take a snowmobile 
into parts of the world where you could never get there on you a car. You could take him on a lake. Sherry and I were snowmobiling in Aberdeen a couple in, of years yeah, ago. Yeah, on when we went that ice fishing fantastic. in Aberdeen. And I know if you're a New Year listener, you just spit out your coffee and went, these two went ice fishing in Aberdeen? Yes, we did. We even caught something. Yep. And it wasn't just a cold either, okay? Like right. We caught a fish. Anyway, so my pup-up decided that while he would... While he was staying with us, that he wanted his own snowmobile and he would keep it at our house. And anytime he visited us out west, where the winter time does last like seven or eight months, mm-hmm. so you got plenty of you get plenty of use out of your mm-hmm. skidoo, right? And that's what he bought—a brand new skidoo. And I have no idea what those things cost today or what they cost back then, but this thing was sweet. And we were renting a house on a in in the middle of nowhere which is pretty much everywhere in Wyoming but it was a house in the valley in the middle of nowhere we didn't have any close neighbors and there was all this pasture and then you could take the snowmobile and if you went behind the house eventually you could get into like the Bridger Teton mm-hmm. National Forest so it was phenomenal my pup pup loved it so he brings the brand new skidoo home and he's the best grandfather ever and he wants all the kids to have a ride so I go for a ride around the pasture, and I'm like, "Woo, the ski dude got our mm-hmm. helmets on and everything." Let's my older brother take it around the pasture once. Let's my younger brother take it around the pasture once. Then he says to me, "Come on, Sherry, you want to ride it?" And I, I, I didn't because I was afraid. Mm-hmm. And my father said, "Oh, you don't want to let that one anywhere near it. Dad, she has no sense." Thanks for that endorsement, but yeah. not untrue. Not untrue, right? So I get on the snowmobile. And I guess my pup-pup thought that I was like my brothers, that I had some understanding of mechanics and combustion engines. Mm -hmm. But unlike my brothers, I had never been on a dirt bike. I'd certainly never driven a truck. I had no idea what it was. And nobody explained to me a snowmobile. It's like a motorcycle. The throttles and brakes are on on the the handlebars. Mm -hmm. So you turn, you twist your uh, wrist for throttle and then you have a, a handbrake kind of a thing. No one explained to me what made it go. They didn't explain the throttle. Mm -hmm. So I get on it and it's just, it's just, and my pop-up goes, my pop-up goes, hit the throttle, hit the throttle. I'm like, what's the throttle? And he reaches over and he, and he shows me like what to do with my wrist. Mm -hmm. So I, I turn the throttle and I'm going and now I'm scared because I'm riding it by myself and without realizing it. Um, I clamp down on the handlebars and crank the throttle all oh, the way. All the way, yeah. And now I'm in a complete blind panic because right. I am speeding on, like like hell for leather. It's like a runaway horse. Toward a split rail fence. Oh, my God. And I can hear them yelling because I have left them in let my go. snow. Sure, let go. 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 And I hit that split rail fence so hard and so fast. I went over the the front of the snowmobile. Oh, no. And flew over the fence. Holy cow. You could have been killed. Nah, there was so much snow that, I mean, the worst I got was banged up. But that was the end of the snowmobile? I totaled my pup-up skidoo. You did not. Oh, did you just feel awful? And I feel awful right now telling the story. And to this day, the family legend is, is do not let Aunt Sherry drive. Bob and Sherry, live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I don't know if everybody knows the comedian Richard Lewis. He's a very funny guy. He's on the Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm show all the time. He's a friend of Larry David's. He's a friend of Seinfeld's. And he's just filled with angst. And one of the things that drives him crazy is that he claims 
that the expression girlfriend from hell was his and that it's used everywhere now. And he gets no credit for that whatsoever. He should. He said, I should have patented it. I should have trademarked it. Every time I hear she's the girlfriend from hell or even the boyfriend from hell, it drives me out of my mind. And I feel it. There, there are very few things I can look back on in my career that I say, well, that was really inventive. You know, nobody's done anything like that before. One of them is um, bumping into Sherry Lynch and helping to design the Bob and Sherry show, which was like, especially back then, like nothing else on the uh, on the air. And uh, just, you know, becoming Sherry's partner, turning her loose. And we uh, we've become what we've become. I, I really do take a lot of pride in that. And the other thing is when we were uh, together after about five years, Tony said, you know, we need some sort of a slogan for the show. And we were competing with a lot of other shows that had fake characters. And I'm not saying they weren't funny. We just didn't do characters. Oh, here comes uh, here comes Carl the mechanic. How's it going, Carl? Oh, it's not going too good. You know, we just didn't do that. And so I stepped back and, and I said, here's the slogan. Real people, real laughs. Because the people who called us up were real people. And we were getting some real laughs. Still are, right? So we were. We went on vacation once, and uh, the morons that uh, owned us for a while, when we came back, they took that slogan away from us because they wanted to focus only on music. And it was just a, a tremendous battle for a few years, which we finally won by going independent. Um, that slogan, Real People, Real Laughs, we, we use it every once in a while, but somehow it is permeated, in my opinion, media. And it's driving me out of my mind. It's like Richard Lewis hearing girl, Girlfriend from Hell. I heard this week alone on advertisements on TV and radio, real people, real insurance, real medicine, real relief, real people for real food. Uh, what's What was the other one? I can't remember the other one. I heard about six or eight of them in the last week alone. And now I'm saying to myself, did I miss that whole real this, real that thing, and I took it on? Or was that something I actually came up with? And, it, you know, we're on a lot of places. We're all over the place. There are hundreds of thousands of people who listen, thank God, to us. Did somebody pick that up and use it? And then somebody else heard it and used it, and somebody else heard it and used it. I don't get any money for that. We don't get any money for that. I don't know if you, you probably couldn't even trademark it. But when it's out there and I hear it, I look at my radio or the TV and I go, another one. I'm screwed again. We Just like have a, Richard Lewis. We have a service mark on it. And periodically we have to decide if it's worth the legal expense to um, force a cease and desist. And we have a handful of times when other like radio shows or uh, right. companies have yeah. hijacked it. We very right. politely been like, yeah, we service mark that. You can't have it. But um, we're not going to be able to go up against Pfizer Pharmaceutical, for example, and um, force them to knuckle under because they're using our slogan to sell, you know, IBS medicine. It's just it's just the world. You know, we're just like mosquitoes yeah. and they're bears and it's not a fair fight. Um, I want to ask our audience, uh, I mean, if you have nothing to do someday, if you hear this sort of thing, if you hear one locally where you live 
or you're watching TV, will will you just let us know in the show? Just call the show, right? You can use the uh, the telephone eight four four fifty two Sherry, or you can go wherever you get your apps. Get the Bob and Sherry app, hit the microphone, and say, "Oh, I saw this." I'm just curious how much of it is out there. It's it's one of the few really original things that I think I may have come up with, and it's driving me out of my mind. It's a, you know, it's not a fair world, and. A lot of times people like somebody might have hijacked that from somebody that hijacked it and didn't, they don't realize that they took it from right. you. Right. Like, right. There's stuff that's floating around in the world and people I just grab it. onto it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's say, not like, you know, it's not like it's Shakespeare. I understand that, but you know, there, there is so little that I've given the world that, <laughs> You know, I'm protective um, of this one thing. I'm not as wrapped around the spokes on this one as you are, because this feels like just one of countless um, things that we have experienced as a show. So it's Those just radio like shows one that more. stole it really took me off, though. I mean, there are shows that have been trying to copy us, you know, for years and years. They tried to get a, a woman who's really funny and then they end up with somebody who's just dirty or whatever. Um, and then several of them, like three or four of them, just stole our, our logo, just like that. Throw me out of my mind. Anyway, let us know if you see them. Maybe maybe nobody will. I think it's out there. This is Bob and Sherry, real people, real laughs. The Bob and Sherry Podcast. So I'm reading about Cher's relationship with the actor Val Kilmer. She said, we were more than friends. I was madly in love with him. So this was back in, I guess, the 80s when um, Val Kilmer, when Top Gun was out, right? Mm -hmm. And she said she had some concerns about their age difference. He's 13 years younger than she is. But she said, I just fell madly in love with him. And so let me give you some of the details. She said, we became friends because we laughed at the same things. He would sleep over at my house and it was just a friendship at first. That took a long time. Well, I guess not really a long time. It took about a week. So they were just friends for about a week. And, and she said, I was wondering if there was something wrong with him. Like, wasn't he, why, wasn't he attracted to me? What did he think of me? And then they kissed. And she said, I thought my head would shoot right off my body. I had to catch my breath. Oh, oh, that is some delicious hot tea coming from Cher about her romance with Val Kilmer. Meanwhile, is this, is this a, a recent romance? No, this was around the time Top Gun came out back in the 80s. Right around Top Gun. Okay. Yeah, cool yeah. All right. All right. So um, a couple of years ago, Val Kilmer published his memoir. It's called I'm Your Huckleberry. It's really wonderful. And he said that he was out to dinner when a friend, we think it's Meryl Streep, told him, you know, you should really meet Cher. And he said, I spit out my spaghetti saying no. Because I saw Cher as, quote, a less than fascinating character out of the gossip rags. I was not motivated to meet her, not out of snobbery, but simply because I was sure we would have nothing in common. So he's hesitant because he doesn't think they're going to have anything to talk about. She's hesitant because of their age difference. And Cher said, oh, but he would tell me about his dreams. I'm thinking this guy is nuts. He's so young. What was he, like 22? What was I, 30-something? It was a bigger deal back then. But Cher said, 
The truth is, if I hadn't gone out with younger men, I would never have had a date because younger men weren't intimidated by older women. But older men in my age category, they just weren't having it with me. Oh, that's another sip of good, delicious hot tea coming from Cher. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yes. I have to reflect on that. She was saying that men her own age or older were intimidated by her success. Yeah. And they were just not, not. They were not having it. Yeah, yeah. So she said Val Kilmer was so beautiful. His sense of humor. He was so good with my children. He helped me in my acting career. And they went from being madly in love and laughing hysterically to really coming to um, respect each other's ability. And they ultimately split up because she said we were both alphas. You know, we had unbelievable times, um, but we were both individuals Neither one yeah. of us was going to give up an inch of that. And she mm-hmm. said, and Val left me. And Val Kilmer in his book said, if I could describe the breakup with Cher, I would. But I can't because it never really happened. She never said, Val, I'm through with you. And I never said, Cher, that's it. We're history. And to this day, they are very dear friends. And it was Cher who took care of Val Kilmer when he became so sick. In fact, he was living at her guest house when he was diagnosed with throat cancer back in 2015. Mm-hmm. He said, one night I suddenly woke up. I was vomiting blood. It covered the bed like a scene out of The Godfather. I prayed. I called 911. And then Cher stepped in and stepped up. And wow. she took care of him the entire time. And if you remember, Val Kilmer put out that documentary. Oh, God, it was so, so, so good. And Mm -hmm. in it, she said, I loved him and I love him. He's a true artist and a renaissance man. He was sick and it didn't stop him. Look what he created. And even the things he let you see that nobody would let you see, even the worst things he wanted in that documentary because he wanted to see who he was. There is a a doo-wop song. And I don't remember the name of the band. I heard, heard the song now and then, you know, on the radio or you know, on YouTube or whatever. And the final lyric on the song is just say so long, darling, because lovers never say goodbye. That sounds like Val Kilmer and Cher, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I remember like dimly, not when they were dating, but I remember Mm -hmm. like maybe 10 years, like in the nineties, people would say, well, remember when Cher was with Val Kilmer? You'd be like, no, really? Cher was with Val Kilmer? No. And then it turned out Cher was with Val Kilmer and is still with the, him as his friend today. I wonder what the percentage of breakups are where people just, you know, do exactly what that song said. Let's just say so long because lovers never say goodbye. And they just, you know, they know that they care about each other. But for whatever reason, it wasn't going to work out at that time. I don't know. That's an interesting question. Today, we might call that low. a kind of ghosting, you know? Yeah. No, it's sweeter than ghosting. No, no you're, you're saying so long, good luck. But you don't use actually the words goodbye, because goodbye closes the door to any kind of, you know, relationship. Hey, Sherry, they don't ghost me. They haunt me. <laughs> yeah, in your, that's, in your case, absolutely. It's Bob and Sherry. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page.
I'm just going to out myself here and now. Uh, I am a wet blanket with what you are about to hear. Yep, that's right. Wet blanket, Bob! Breaking news, a golden retriever whose name is Rover is the newest crew member of the cruise ship line Icon of the Seas. It's Royal Caribbean. Very good cruise ship line. Um, It's the cutest dog you've ever seen. It's a golden, and there are pictures of this golden on the chair next to the captain. Uh, He's kind of keeping a lookout. Uh, The crew walks Rover around the ship so other passengers can see him. The ship holds 5,610 passengers and 2,350 crew members. So why are they using Rover? Why are they using Rover as sort of, uh, you know, just the image of the ship? It's because the icon of the seas is a climate disaster. If you were to go to the places, let's let's say you want to go from Los Angeles to Hawaii, and you take the icon of the sea, or you were to fly from from Los Angeles to Hawaii, and stay in a hotel there and do everything you would normally do. You would spend half the amount of carbon pollution that you would being part of the icon of the sea. It is such a pollution. It's an amazing craft. It is many stories high, and it has a couple of water parks on it, 20 restaurants. It's got everything in the world, but it is a floating nightmare for the environment. And so the folks who do the PR for this ship are saying, we've got we to get a softer edge because we're catching it in the media. And there came Rover. And I got to say, it is the cutest dog I've ever seen, just about outside of my own. What do you think, Sherry? I, I think it's a terrible idea. I just don't think that, I think you're asking the dog to do too much here. That is too yeah, much yeah. of a lift I for know, poor Rover. I know. Yeah, I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. That ship is, it's amazing on the one hand and it's um, horrifying on the other. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.